Hello there, folks, and welcome to Podcast a Week. Yes, it is the official spin-off of Podcast a Day, because doing a daily podcast is a bad idea. So, I distilled it down to doing, I hope, I hope, an actual good weekly podcast. I hope. We'll see how that goes. If you're wondering what this podcast is about, it's about pretty much everything. That's, that's, I know, a very broad remit. I can talk about books and games and movies and TV. Probably less books than games and movies and TV. But nonetheless, and sports, maybe some sports every now and again. And collectibles and whatever the hell else podcast today was about at one stage or another. Basically, this will be that show distilled down to basically guest spots. Hopefully one or two a week. And this week we are starting with continuing the Marvel series with Barry. Barry is back and we are going to talk about Captain America and the Avengers in a two for one. Because we lost the Captain America audio and we had to record a quick cap review. Just for the sake of completion. You will never hear the actual full cap review because the audio is corrupted. And it will be never heard by anybody. Which is quite unfortunate because it was quite good. But nonetheless, it will be in the ether for nobody to hear until the end of time. So yeah, hopefully the show will be, on average, better than Podcast A Day was. As I said, some episodes of Podcast A Day were good. Some... We have a theme song now, which I'm sure you heard, unless you don't hear music. Which, I'm not sure is that an affliction people have, but nonetheless. And we also have a new logo, which was updated, thanks to Ken for that. So, you know, things are happening. The show will be released every week on Thursdays, unless something happens in the week that justifies releasing it either earlier or later. For example, Nintendo's Switch reveal happens on a Thursday, so I may push the podcast on a Friday that week, just so I can talk about it with somebody. Probably Tanner. It'll probably be Tanner. Let's face it. It's always going to be Tanner. All current series are still in play, so Marvel, DC, even though there's only one episode technically left than that for the moment, Pokemon, other stuff that will come down the line, so... Hopefully it'll be good. Hopefully. I'll do my best. Anyway, here is my talk about the Avengers and Captain America, because Cap is great, with Barry. Welcome back to Podcast of the Week. Joining me again to continue our journey down Marvel memory lane, Barry. Yo! In, in the interest of full disclosure, this is our second attempt at recording a Captain America review. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> the, Literally didn't happen, as the history books will show. Yes, there, there is no proof. Well, you, you, you can look up the audio file on my computer, which is literally every second syllable is, is audible, which, you know, oh, no. makes for fun listening. Yeah, well, you know what? It does happen. It does happen. I, I've been podcasting on and off. You know, for six years now, not more. And boy, have there been some lost recordings along the way. It does happen. It's a bummer, though. It is a bummer. But but it, all all things come good in the end. This is a two-for-one episode. Uh, lucky listeners. Yeah. We're going to do a little on Cap. We're not going to do a deep dive into Cap, because we already did that. And no one will ever hear it, except us. Except us. It's in our memories. And then we'll do a proper Avengers review. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. So, Cap. I lo- I really like Cap. Uh, yeah, I, I, so I mean, I remember in the lead up to it, we were kind of saying that it might be this thing. The first one we really disagree on, but I remember I, I, I softened pretty significantly on it on a rewatch. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it has charm. I, th- I think it's, you know, I, I think the pacing is still a little bit all over the place. And I think I spoke at length about how 
something about the skinny uh, Steve Rogers CGI just doesn't sit right with me in a manner I couldn't quite put my finger on. But generally speaking, you know, it's a I think it's a, it's, it's a solid film. It's a, it's it's much better than I recalled. Yeah, I, I really dug it. And the reason I like Cap is because he's the pretty much only Marvel superhero who actually wants to help people. Yeah, which we'll kind of see a bit of that when we get to uh, get to Avengers, I guess. You know, he's he seems like he's the only good old fashioned hero in the whole dang universe. Everyone else that, is that just ex- like that. Extends all the way into Phase Two, even. Yeah, like Ant Man, uh, Phase Three, even with Doctor Strange. Have you seen Doctor Strange? I have, yes. Which we'll touch on in like I don't know, ten episodes or whatever. But he's another one that has to be dragged into saving people, kicking and screaming. Yeah. Which is a thing in this universe. But yeah, I like Cap. It's optimistic and hopeful, and I like Cap. Yeah. There we go. That's our comprehensive Cap review for you. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's 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 a bummer we lost that old thing. We did. We talked quite a bit about it, but good movie. You know, it it, it presses all the right buttons, I think, and 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 you know, good cast as most of these Marvel movies do. I mean, you get the drill. Yeah, and it leads us into the big team up. 2012's The Avengers, or if you're from the UK and Ireland, Marvel's Avengers Assemble. Yeah, yeah, I always felt like that was... I know The Avengers is a big thing over here, but, I mean, as in the the fondly recalled spy series, but I I felt like that was a massively unnecessary thing to do. But whatever, you know, brands gotta do their thing. So this, this was, at the time, like, literally one of the biggest films of all time. Yeah. That's that's not even an overstatement. This film made one point five billion dollars. This film was unavoidable in two thousand twelve, and kind of, I mean, still is certainly. I'm sure it's still ranking very highly on a lot of lists, but also kind of started the trend of, oh, buddy, your film didn't make a billion dollars. Did it even? Did it even? You know, screen anywhere? You know, it's <laughs> that mindset among the studios. You know. The, the the biggest one that surprised me from that that mentality was when Iron Man three went on to make one point two billion dollars, and people were like, mm. "Well, it made less than Avengers." That's a disappointment. Yeah, I'm like, in what world is the studio making a billion dollars profit on a film a disappointment? Yeah, that's yeah. People need to get their uh, their expectations in in check. You know, it's not enough to be massively successful. You you have to meet the insane expectation you set. A year out, you know, like it's it's just yeah. I mean, it's but hey, you know, they're staying the course at the very least. I feel like at the very least they haven't panicked because of because of things like that. We saw a report uh, out yesterday that Fox are doing exactly that and panicking about X Men. Yeah, and and Deadpool, uh, Deadpool is uh, is like persevering, and they're going to start filming in January without a composer or director. I think is the current state of that film. Yeah, sure, just let um, Brian Reynolds direct it. Why not? It's so bizarre after the runaway success that was like way the way over achievement that was the first one. Not to get too derailed here, but that that looks like that second one looks like it's just falling apart at the seams. On, unless this is some big fourth wall breaking publicity stunt. The the first one succeeded because it felt like the studio was just like, go on lads, just here's whatever eighty million dollars or whatever it costs to make it. Just just go just make, your make it and shut up. <laughs> yeah. And then it made $700 million or however much it made. And then the studio are like, hmm, we're going to start poking our nose in here again. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's business for you. And then DC, I mean, look, DC just can't keep people out of their business. It's just, you know, too many cooks in, in, in that kitchen. 
But yeah, so this it was inescapable. I saw this film pretty damn late. Uh, I think I, I think I saw this film on Netflix for the first time. That's how long after it came out I saw it. I was I was feeling pretty burnt out on on the Marvel films, even though I think we've been pretty positive on most of them. I think I've prefaced most of my reviews thus far by saying, "Oh, but you know, I wasn't big on this the first time," and so the the MCU burnout was pretty real for me, not just as films but also just oh you can't escape people talking about it oh my god you have to go see it it's the best thing and and so i i really waited until the hype was died down and i waited till people stopped being excited that they got it for christmas and i and then several months later i watched it on netflix and then again i think this is like my third or fourth time watching it to wait till everyone else shuts up and then you're like everyone else shuts up but then when i watch it's like well now you all have to listen to me talk about it yeah, your your takes are the important ones. Directed by Joss Whedon, who wasn't known for directing like big budget films. He was known for directing kind of TV shows that people loved and got cancelled after two years. Yeah, except well, that's, that's an alright. You know, that's an alright. I feel like for as for as much as people like me criticize the Marvel stuff for being very safe, they they've plucked an eclectic weirdo mix of directors from like the indie scene and from television. To make their movies like that's you know that's a feather in their cap. I think fair play to them for that, uh, and I think I, this is the ultimate one, really, when you think about it. Because obviously, like Buffy was a runaway success. Yeah, but like Firefly, people loved it. It lasted like ten episodes. Yeah, Dollhouse, people. I don't. I've never seen Dollhouse. I don't know. Do people actually like it? But two seasons gone. I'm pretty sure people like it a decent amount. You know, for for what it was. And then here's what became one of the biggest films of all time: Work Away, Bud. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's, I mean, other than Buffy, which was a runaway success, obviously, but those other ones, I mean, they, they're they very much cult, you know, uh, uh, things that, that, that have their fan bases, but were far from, from financial successes, so, you know, it was a bit of a gamble, it, you know, so I feel like, yeah, maybe I could give Marvel a bit more credit for, for the risk-taking in some regards, because, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it was an interesting direction, and it paid off, obviously. And he he was seen as like the comic book guy, yeah, you know the guy that would do these comic book characters justice in their big team up, and that might have been like part of their plan as well to kind of get the the nerd segment on side. It's like, look, we got one of your nerd fellow guys. Yeah, like and I, I think that is a, uh, I think that's a, it's, it's a weird thing because I feel like you never really hear grousing about these movies betraying the characters in any kind of significant way, which is a pretty Considering how many of them there's been, that's a pretty good achievement because it seems like most other, most you know, most other projects, people are a little unhappy of, oh, how could you cast this guy as, as Apocalypse? You know, Oscar Isaac's couldn't be Apocalypse. That's terrible. Oh, the paint looks off. Oh, he doesn't look like the right character. This person can't be cast as that. This director doesn't know what that is. And and really, you know, you you rarely hear from the comic book diehards, which is not myself, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I like comic books decently enough, but I'm not I'm not a hardcore follower. You you really don't hear people saying, "Oh no, Marvel is 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 betraying the vision of the original or whatever." So um, they 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 spin their plates quite well between kind of taking risks and also being safe and also making a good movie and also keeping the diehards uh, happy. It's, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult gambit. Pretty much impossible. Yeah, and it's something. I guess it's a Disney wide kind of initiative because Star Wars is the same thing. They're trying to take all these boxes of, well, the movies need to be good, but they also need to be yearly, and they also need to be diverse, and they also need to have big names, but they also need to be good. And, you know, it's like, it's, um, 
yeah, that's why I guess that's why they're the successful machine they are because because they got all that going for them and and it's working, you know. Speaking of the big D, this was the first film in the MCU to be distributed by Disney. Right, right. They paid uh, actually, and and did you did you um? This is a completely irrelevant side note, but did you uh, note that the fancy new Marvel Studios logo for Doctor Strange? I did. I didn't like it. The idea to try, yeah. I, I liked it. I thought that like the the little flicky comic book thing is kind of retro and cool, and the thing they yeah. tried to go for there is like, nah, not working, lads. Yeah, very very generic. But yeah, that that felt like now you know you mentioned you know this is the first one being distributed by Disney. I mean the 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 changing face of the MCU as we've talked about you know on these podcasts so far you know the 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 who distributed what and what state was Marvel in when it made this and who owned what. And that, now we're just in the era of full on when this movie begins. It's just here's your Marvel logo, and that's kind of it, yep. you know. Uh, but yeah, so this one, this one still had Paramount at the beginning. You know, that's that's it had that. That was part of but, the uh, deal. Uh, Disney paid Paramount one hundred and fifteen million dollars for the rights to distribute Iron Man three and the Avengers. Plus, yeah. Paramount got their logos on the film and on the marketing, and eight percent of the box office. Paramount got a hell of a deal there, and they did no work. They didn't have to distribute it. Yeah, that's absolutely right, and I, that that makes me think. You know, I wonder what Sony's getting for the current uh, Spider-Man uh, uh, setup. I mean, again, for doing no work, pretty much just saying have this character that that you sold us the film rights to decades ago, and we won't be involved because we don't know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> but but we'll take a cut of whatever you're making, and I'd be I would be fascinated to 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 see the numbers on that. Maybe they are out there. I haven't actually I haven't looked, but. Uh, yeah, filmmaking, man, it's a hell of a business. And no doubt part of that Sony deal is that all of their laptops and phones are in the MCU forever until the end of time now. Oh, God, and I really... Like, I, I remember I audibly groaned during Amazing Spider-Man when uh, when he's, like, binging things <laughs> in one of his nerdy Peter Parker researching uh, uh, scenes, binging things on his vial. I'm like, oh, my God. God. With like a I close up of the logo as well. Parker was a nerd who would know better than this, <laughs> and it wasn't even subtle. Like it's like let's linger on the laptop for a while. Oh yeah, that's. I think that's a major Sony problem. I think they are one of the worst, like major companies when it comes to product placement because they just don't care. Everything is is right up there, right in the in the in the center of the frame, or lingering just slightly too long to the point that it's annoying. It's like yeah, it's a it's a bummer, but. uh yeah. When's the, when, when's the PS4 Spider-Man game out? I don't know that they've said, although they've shown, like, because they've shown seconds of it at a time, I I would almost say spring 2018. But we have a Spider-Man uh, film next summer, don't we? Yeah, although be a, that might be a tight time. But who knows? They've been very, they've been very, um tight-lipped about that and i see i've seen actually uh, uh, you know in like gaming uh podcasts and whatnot lots of speculation on, on that end going was that part of the deal you know sony did they did they want a a humdinger of an exclusive and and when they were you know as in the playstation wing and when this negotiation was happening for spider-man did they say yeah you know maybe you hook us up with a with a brand new game and you don't you don't put it on any other platform you know that's that's I mean, these are, these are huge, multifaceted companies that have several wings. So who knows? Maybe when they're negotiating their movie, they said, "Hey, put a put a game out on our console only." You know, it's it's interesting. But uh, I'll keep my eye on that one because I like the developers and I, I like Spider Man. The timing does seem suspect, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, I I'd be stunned if it was out that early. But it would if 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 a PS4 exclusive and and that movie hit at the same time, 
that'd be a that'd be a hell of a summer uh, with with your uh, your Michael Keaton. So we had our, our big cast with Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Tom Hiddleston, Clark Gregg, Colby Smulders of How I Met Your Mother fame. The weirdest one mm-hmm. included in this film was Stellan Skarsgård, who's just like the random Thor side character, who's one of the major characters in this film. Yeah. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson and the new Incredible Hulk, Mark Ruffalo. Yes, yeah. Um, that is a large cast. cast. It is, and and I suppose we'll get into the nitty gritty of the, of the film in a little bit. But but I, I was impressed with how they they balanced everything. Uh, it was a a big cast of big names, and I I, I don't I don't feel like anyone was shortchanged. And it, it does help that you have films that introduced all these characters, so you don't have to go through the legwork of saying this is who Captain America is, this is who right. Thor is. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's like some expo- uh, expository, that's not a word, <laughs> dialogue thrown in there every so often, you know, just to, to refresh people. You know, you have Cap. Oh, you're a man out of time, aren't you, Cap? Just, you know, give you a nudge. But for the most part, it's it's fairly natural. It's just these are characters and we're just telling stories with them. We don't need to tell them, tell you who they are anymore. Yeah. And like, you, you know, you know what the Pepper Potts dynamic is and, 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 and whatnot. Um, At least she made uh, it into this film, unlike the rest of the love interests. Yeah, yeah, which is which. I guess I mean based on the fact that it was film number one. I mean, you've you've always had the vibe that that Iron Man was their franchise player, perhaps in in lieu of the fact that they did not have Spider Man at the time. So maybe you know Iron Man was their uh, their their go to their 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 A one. You know, in, in in the franchise, certainly in this early venture. And you think if they had like carte blanche over all the Marvel characters they'd probably be like Spider-Man, Wolverine and then probably Iron Man would be their third choice. Maybe yeah. Maybe. But you don't have one and uh, two so I mean you, you, uh, I think I think movie executives although you know like like we were just talking about like Marvel they, they have their heads screwed on right so maybe they who knows what they would have done if they had Spider-Man and Wolverine. Maybe they maybe they would have held them back maybe they would have God knows what but you look at you look at the way those characters were used by their respective studios. Oh my God! Look, Fox—they just they love their Wolverine. They got they got all these standalone movies, and he's at the front and center of the majority of the X Men movies. Like it's—he's been in every exa- single one of them, hasn't he? Uh, he had the first class was a teeny tiny cameo. Yeah, but he, there there is none that he is just like flat out sat out, even though some of them are set in the yeah. past and and all yeah, over the place. He, oh no, he's not in Deadpool, yeah. I suppose. Uh, yeah, I guess other than a, a sight gag, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's in he's in them in a, a, in some capacity. Bar Deadpool uh, the whole way through, and Deadpool's the weird black sheep anyway that they didn't imagine was going to amount to much. So that's why he's not in that one. And then it made but, more um, money than any X Men film ever. So yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, it, it, God, it, it is fascinating to think, God, what would this look like? What would this franchise, and in particular this first Avengers film, what would it look like if you had? you know spider-man i mean you said the whole the whole spectrum of characters that makes it even more that even makes it even harder to to comprehend what would what would the mcu look like and this first avengers film look like if if they had you know fantastic four done correctly for once you know it's hard it's hard to imagine in a way i almost think that the the segmented nature of who owns marvel's films was kind of to the benefit of the mcu it, it because they avoided have... them kind of overstuffing these films at the at the earlier stages. Yeah, I mean they are they are. I mean the, the universe is densely packed. And it's got all these strings, and the the ensemble movies are very busy, but they're they're pretty damn good and they're pretty damn coherent. And um, it's almost hard to comprehend how they would manage if there was any more huge names in there. 
so you know, it, you know, everything happens for a reason. Art from adversity, all the, all those other cliches. Uh, I feel like it, it most definitely worked out for the best. It's going to be uh, not not to get two phases ahead of ourselves, but boy, is it going to be fascinating when it comes to Infinity War because there's a hell of a lot of characters confirmed for that that thing. Pretty much everyone. I, I hope they do bring in TV the TV universe because they they've been kind of coy about that but like what's the point of having these characters on tv if you're not going to eventually at least bring them in for cameo roles in those films i think i think they've i think they have confirmed that pretty pretty much all of the 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 defenders i guess is that the 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 team name of of the tv netflix stars i think they've confirmed they are in there and, and and the cast is involved and and whatnot but that's that's a lot of people unless they are literally just cameos like uh that's it's gonna be a fascinating project to watch this film that's the for lack of a better term sequel to all to these previous 15 films and five seasons of television <laughs> but uh but i i digress you know we'll we'll get to that in a bit let's stick to this first ensemble one which in itself was a, a, a an impressive uh an impressive little feat i'm trying to think was there anything like this before obviously there were films that had Eight, nine, ten franchises, franchises, franchises that had eight, nine, ten films in them before. But I'm trying to think of anything similar where it was like, here's eight films that are standalone, but they also kind of intersect in weird ways. And then here's one big blow-off film where all the characters meet up. I'm trying to think of anything like that before. It's weirdly like pro wrestling. Yes, you know, like yeah. uh, each of the standalone films are your respective episodes of Monday Night Raw, and yeah. then the Avengers is your big WrestleMania pay per view. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 really interesting. And and we were talking earlier about the trends that the film kicked off about. You know how much money you made and things like that. And I think we talked about this in a previous episode. But also, it kicked off the the fascination with a universe. You know, studios going, "What do we own? Can we stick them together and make it look like they're in a universe? Great, Which- monsters, cool." Which leads you to Men in Black and Twenty One Jump Street crossovers coming down the line. Yeah, I think they got. I think they got canned. Actually, did it? Did they drop it? Because it didn't have any of the actors attached, did it? Uh, I. That maybe that's why. Maybe maybe the talent had the common sense to say, "Let's not do this." Although you know what? Maybe it would have been good. That that twenty that Twenty One Jump Street sequel was pretty damn good. So who knows? But I I, I do believe that was uh, that was dropped. Though I, actually, I think they didn't have any of the Men in Black actors attached. Oh, okay. Well, Will Smith. He, Will Smith doesn't get involved in schlock, Garrett. Come on. No, he's above it. He's above it. <laughs> Unless his son is in the film, then he'll do anything. And Tommy Lee Jones. We know he doesn't half-ass anything. So no, never. He's not gonna. He's not gonna sully his name with this. But uh, yeah. So yeah, it's all all thanks to the Avengers. So I suppose we should actually talk about the film. Do you like this film? You know, whereas Captain America was a thing I kind of softened on on a rewatch, I've watched this film a couple of times now, and there's just, there's quite a few things about it that just really bug me. And and like every MCU film, you know, generally speaking, it's really competently made, and so many of the individual parts work that I do, I kind of weirdly feel bad for criticizing it, because it's always moving at a good pace and it's always funny when it needs to be funny and it has good action and the cast is great but there's too many of the, the little niggles that just bother me in general as a film viewer that i don't know something about this movie just really irks me i don't like the opening i don't like the the really uninspired 
plot dump about this new MacGuffin at the very very beginning of the film. It really it really turns me off. Um, the fact that it turns into the literal laser in the sky at the end similarly Which is blue. Is, it always has to be blue. That's a rule. It always has to be blue. You know, similar deciding. I mean, it, this as well as being the archetypal monster success superhero film, it's also the archetypal superhero film in general. Here's the here's your boilerplate. You know, plot. You know, those things bother me. The um, the arc of all oh, dissension in the team. Oh, they figured it out. You know, that stuff bothers me. I feel like the time between the characters is balanced really well, but I do feel like like we really aren't introduced to Hawkeye by our cameo prior to this film, and and then he's just you know he's a double agent for half the film, which is kind of a weird thing for a character you've no reason to care about prior to this. It does. It you know, does it, almost feel like they're like. If we give one of the characters to Loki, who's the most disposable? Yeah, you know, it's it's. I just I didn't know how to feel it, but but like I said, it's like I feel bad. I almost feel like I'm nitpicking it, but because because it's a it's a fun movie. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it has a lot going for it. And um, my my other big criticism for it is, um, and I, this is something that's really stuck with me every time I've watched it, including rewatching it just before this this podcast or or, or yesterday before this podcast. Um, man, that that big final set piece is spectacular and all, but man, it goes on. It I, 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 it does last a while. It is. I'm pretty sure it's forty solid minutes, if not close to forty minutes. It's about forty. Yeah, yeah the, the final act. Once they get to New and York and start punching aliens, it's about forty minutes long. And like I said, you know, I, I you know, I kind of feel bad about it because it's all great. The action is great. You got the whole Loki scene in there, which is kind of you know iconic in its own right as far as blockbuster moments of this generation that people will remember. And they have the, uh, you know, the big hero pose where they stand in a circle and play the awesome theme song. Which is great, which is just really fantastic. And my, so my, like favorite, I said, film, uh, my favorite scene what? in the entire MCU, actually, is the one where they're just sweeping through the city, going like character to character, and it ends on Hulk and Thor. And yeah. that scene where Hulk just punches Thor. Absolutely. That's marvelous. That is yeah, pardon, so, pardon so the it's, marvelous it's, pun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll allow it. I'll allow it in this situation. Uh, it's it's not that any of these things are bad. It's just like you feel like that scene's really long, and it kind of it just it, it kind of ends the film, which I feel like has all these little problems, and it kind of compounds them really badly in that final act. But, but like I said, it's it's a weird one. This is one of those films like Hulk and Captain America. I softened on. This is one of those ones. I think I might watch this film ten times, and I'll, I'll always be pretty conflicted on it. But um, like 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 all the MCU things, it's. It's got a level of quality to it and 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 a, a craftsmanship to it that I would never say anything approaching this movie is bad because that would be I think that would be insanely harsh. But I, I I like an awful lot of things about it too, you know. And a major threat in this film is giant space turtles. Oh yeah, that was the other thing when I was when I when I was listing my uh, you know my typical here are the problems with superhero movies in general that are in this movie when I was listing those off. I, I did forget to mention the the, the the incredibly uninteresting villains with no nothing close to two dimensional or three dimensional uh, uh, motivations. They yeah they are just well, we want to take over the world and also we're big ugly uh, you, you know PS two monsters. Yeah. Um, from when a we're talking about Cap, uh, I said the Nazi soldiers were putties from Power Rangers. Yeah. These guys even more so. Yeah, they're really. just people sent there for a nice little middle of the film action scene where the Power Rangers get to go punch them in the chest and they fall apart. Yeah, and it's like you know, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of had a similar enemy force to this, 
But, you know, they had Ronan's motivation, and he at least had lots of dialogue, and that movie ain't perfect in its own way, but I still thought it was much better than this in terms of fleshing out the villain. You know, and 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 that's unfortunate. And, and I can see, as someone who has problems with the film, but ultimately still likes it, you know, I can see how people look at this and they just really dislike it as this kind of, you know, some people look at Marvel films as full of heart and, and, and whatnot, but I can see people looking at this saying, this is, like, really cynically produced. Like, it's, you feel like the movie was made just so they could have that 360 shot of all the heroes with the music, and everything else was irrelevant, and they fi- they filled it in later on, you know? That feels very dismissive of a film that I'm saying is is made with good craftsmanship, but I'm saying, you know, I can see how someone could cynically look at it like that, you know? Yeah. My, my biggest problem with this film is, is like, the first half hour, 40 minutes. Yeah. It's very slow. Yes, yeah. That was, uh, the first time I watched it, that was my big takeaway, and that, that was part of why I was actually kind of more negative the first time. Second, you know, on repeat viewings, I'm kind of okay with the pacing, but but yeah, like I mentioned earlier, the the very very beginning, the opening, I just like God, it's just like, oh, you're just throwing all your, uh, you know, your your exposition at me, and also your your Star Trekky. Well, it's like a key; it opens a, a portal at the other end of space, but of course it does. You know, like you're <laughs> really patronizing fake science dialogue. Like, okay, I get it. This movie is aimed at people aged age to 80 but but I, i'm somewhere in the middle there and you're kind of losing me because i feel like you this this was uh uh you know this is very very shallow stuff you know it's um it's like we'll just say the word gamma for an excuse to get Bruce <laughs> Banner in here <laughs> yeah 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 why yeah why why do we need dr banner to come in oh well to uh you know he's a gamma expert he, he'll say things like uh, turn the satellite on and we'll find it yep. you know that's that's you know, yeah, it's it's great. Oh, I also oh I also forgot. Yeah, they do the uh, villain deliberately gets caught thing in the middle of the film. That's a good one. Always. And in, in fair, uh, in fairness to this film, that wasn't quite as cliched at the time. Yeah, because yeah. after this, I think, I think they made it worse. Did, did no Skyfall was released after this, wasn't it? That was Skyfall, end of twenty twelve, wasn't it? Same year, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah, this would have been summer twenty twelve, and Skyfall would have been Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, actually. Yeah. So yeah. Skyfall did it. Uh, Star Trek Beyond, or not Beyond, the other one, Into the Darkness did it. Star Trek was yeah. the one where I was like, "All right, guys, we get it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it all goes back yeah. to The Dark Knight. That was the the first one that people were like, "Oh, maybe the villain should get caught on purpose." Yeah, I feel like even then people were saying that was maybe a a bit cliche, but but yeah, and again, it's like. Is it a huge issue? No, but, you know, add, add it to the list, and it's like, eh, there's a decent amount of things about this that, that bothered me. I think, I think you know, we've kind of talked about the, the beginning and the end and the problems they had. I do think that the, the middle is pretty uh, is pretty satisfying, because as much as I, I noted the uh, the team that can't get along, only to put it aside in the end, as tired as that trope is, you know, I, th- I think I do like all the characters, and I do like all the actors, so when they're kind of butting heads in the middle, it's like, you know, it's, it's great because those actors are great and they can carry those scenes. And uh, I and like we mentioned earlier, I do like good old boy Steve Rogers. I, lo- I love that he wouldn't hit Stark unless he was wearing the suit. It was great. <laughs> it's such a great touch. You know, I, I, I did notice actually the, the, the whole those two being at odds, which obviously feeds all the way through the Civil War. It, it's yeah. front and center in this film. Yes. Yeah. I, I actually noticed that, too. It's like they're they're, they're right up there. Um uh, and and part of it is is you know 
I think this is the film where I, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of bored of the Iron Man character. And I think they're kind of playing into that in a way, because I feel, I feel like in this and, uh, you know, really throughout the MCU, they're, they're kind of, you know, he's a bit of a dick. He's a bit hard to work with. You yeah. know, you would, he's kind of like, you'd want to be Iron Man, but you wouldn't want to work with Iron Man. No. You know, that that whole thing. And uh, so I think it's all well done. And, and, and Rogers is a, is a more traditional hero. Uh, so there's, there's both in this film for whatever your, your taste is, the, uh, the wisecracking, difficult-to-deal-with hero and, and the good old boy, you know. I forgot how spandexy Captain America's suit was in this film. I actually said the exact same thing. I was like, wait a minute now. Did I miss... Am I misremembering, or did he always have that outfit in the previous film? Because we'd only just watched it a few weeks ago. Because, yeah, like, in, in, in Cap, it was more of, like, an adapted army uniform. Yeah. And it was kind of the same in all the other films, but in this one it's just like straight up spandex, red, white, and blue. What there was a line in there or something about how given the times ahead people might need the nostalgia or something? Was that the justification for it? Yeah. There was a Colson weighed in on the redesign. Yeah, it was very odd. I don't know. Well, I I you know, it was alright. It was a bit bright for my liking. I hate to be one of those people. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm I love the modern superhero trope of every outfit is either A, excessively dark, or B, some form of armor repurposed to the point it doesn't even look like a superhero suit. But yeah, it was it was a bit much for me, but, you know, whatever. It, was, it wasn't that big a deal. So, watching this film back, knowing that they bring Agent Coulson back to life, mm-hmm. does the like that's the big emotional crux of this film. That's the, the point at which the Avengers are brought together as a team. Is it undercut rewatching it, knowing it's like, ah, sure, he's back to life. I know it's comics; everyone comes back to life, but still. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't really bother me so much that he comes back. It's just that, even within the context of this one film, watching it stand alone, you know, forget about anything that happened sub- subsequently. It's that he's he's a bit player, and he's charming, and he's well acted, and he's been in the pre, he's popped up in all these other films, and it's great, and he's a likable character, but it's it's not a significant enough character for people to. Like, I, I saw that, and I was like, eh, you know, yeah, I, 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 I ain't welling up over this one. It's the uh, um, the old Haw- the same thing as Hawkeye. It's like, who is the most disposable character we could kill off? Yeah, and it's like, Coulson. again, going back, going back to how I can totally understand and sympathize with cynical people who don't like how these movies are produced. It's like, I think the MCU in general, this movie and across all three phases, I think they are majorly hindered by their... Uh, unwillingness to kill major characters either be it for they just don't want that level of violence they don't want a major character to die on screen or the old money reason we can't kill someone off halfway through phase two we have a whole phase and a half left of money to be made you know and that's that majorly bummed me out in civil war like i love roadie but man they should have killed him they should have killed him in that scene you want to like don a lot of work do you barry I I love the Don. He's my man. I, I I hope he I hope he stays in work for the rest of his days. But man, they had that big impactful scene where you thought he died, and they're like, oh, you know, he's 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 paralyzed, which in comic book world means literally nothing. Yes, he's, he's a guy <laughs> that can fly around in a mechanical suit. Him being paralyzed almost, isn't really that big a deal. Yeah, and 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 this with Colson is kind of the the epitome of that. It's like, well, we're not gonna, you know, we could have killed anyone. Uh, you know, for dramatic effect, and maybe had you actually care, but you know, the writing was already on the wall that 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 that, that wasn't going to happen, and and so you know, well, you know, you, you need your dramatic effect somewhere. Someone, you know, the heroes have to suffer a loss. You know, second act, all that jazz. 
So it's this kind of bit part player who we're gonna we're gonna act as this major loss, but he's not. You know, it's it's yeah. They the, even the, did the, the, the same thing in the second Avengers where they killed off Quicksilver and nobody cared. Yeah, who who was introduced in that film? Yes. <laughs> it's like, no. You've got all these you know uh, intricate threads and continuous storytelling across several films, and it's like the one dramatic death you do is with a guy you introduced an hour ago. You know, it's like oh. And and it was a not an especially great Quicksilver. I didn't like that Quicksilver really at all. Thought he paled in comparison to the Days of Future Past one. Just as a, just as an aside, if anyone cares, yeah, I think th- I think the lack of death in uh, uh, in these movies. Not that I not that I need people dropping left, right, and center, but uh, I think it hurts a little bit. I think it I think it hinders the drama. I, f- I feel <laughs> like Infinity War is the point where someone has to die. Like, if, if everyone so, comes out of Infinity War alive, it's just like, come on, lads. Grow some balls. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, but I think someone will. But again, will it be a Coulson-level character? Are they going to kill Elektra? You know, <laughs> that will be the bummer of bummers if it's like... Well, it won't be the bummer of bummers, because I really... I thought all her, all the Elektra-centric stuff sucked in that <laughs> season. So I won't be that sad, but I'll be bummed if that's their one. If the dramatic hook is this character I don't really like, and and it has had very little screen time, if their one dramatic hook in in Infinity War is her dying, I'll be bummed. But uh, you figure yeah. they have to kill Cap or Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, may- maybe if their plan is Infinity War is the end of this universe and we're starting again. Yeah, because um, they, they they did come out and say today because they have three films set for twenty twenty. Yeah, and they're not saying what they're called because it would be a spoiler for Infinity War. So maybe it's some timeline shift or something. Could be. Uh, I think. I think that's. Um, I think that's not a bad idea. I. It, it would be a fascinating experiment, but I, I don't know that you can just keep this going for as long as you can. Tr- sticking true to the nature of comics, eventually you've done everything, and it's time for the the, the head honchos to say, "Okay, let's uh, let's let's." wipe the board clean here and start again and that's not even a comic book thing i guess james bond does that and any any doctor uh who. doctor who any mainstay of pop culture that that's like long-standing you know they they go through phases and they they reboot and they hit the reset button so um like warner brothers yeah, maybe... are like how the hell can we get another five films out of harry potter <laughs> yeah God. yeah the uh, prequels and spin-offs and all this other jazz you know but yeah, so yeah, death and death in the MCU is a uh, something they've struggled with, I think. And for the record, Black Widow only does one hurricanrana in this film. It's very disappointing. Yes, yeah, because I remember when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, we were keeping count. That's right." But uh, no more, I'm afraid. That she, was there. She does not hurricanrana any aliens. That is also disappointing. Yes, I mean that that could have been a momentous occasion in film, but we, uh, alas, we we were left hanging. She does technically break a chair over someone, so I might count that as half a point. But, uh, but uh, that's there, there's it. a there's the perfect scene where she's stealing the Chitari or whatever they call them, his, his space bike. She could have hurt yeah. him out of off that. That would be neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they, they got a couple films spot. left. Yeah, they got a couple films left. So you know, she's saving the reverse Rana for Infinity War. You know. I will literally like, jump out of my chair in the cinema. She does a reverse. <laughs> uh, just on the apron of something, you know. And then people will moan about it after. Yeah, oh, stupid apron spots ruining everything, you know. We also had our Stan Lee cameo. He's a guy in the news. That was alright. You know, he, he rolled his eyes to the idea of superheroes in New York. It was mildly cute, you know. 
Actually, speaking of people on the, are you are you a Recess fan? No, I'm afraid not. Oh, because the the one of the the people at the end, you know, one of the talking heads on the news. Yeah, Gretchen from Recess. Oh, I'm sure people at home are very excited to hear that. But yeah, I I think I've gotten in trouble on Twitter before for saying I was not a Recess person. People got more upset at me than I think anything else I've ever said. <laughs> Um, yeah, the only, the only thing I know about the, the people of New York in this movie is that the, uh, the waitress who is fawning over Captain America and making goo goo eyes at him and is then subsequently interviewed on the news is, uh, Ashley Johnson, who's the voice of Ellie in The Last of Us. Yeah, that's her. That's Gretchen from Recess. It's the same person. Oh, we're talking about the same person? We're talking about the same person. Oh, how odd. We're like, two, we're like two, you know, ghosts in the night. We didn't realize we were talking about the same person, but we've been brought together. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, weird. that's odd. I didn't know that because I only, yeah, because, you know, I, I, after last was, I was really interested in her work and I read about that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I watched the movie and there she was. I did not realize she, she, she did that. That's, that's, hmm. So there you go. Well, there you go. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Because Recess I, I actually, is a natural yeah, spinoff of The Last of Us. <laughs> Yeah, they're in the same cinematic universe, you know, um, uh, which is the, the, the you have to read the novels to really piece it together. But it's, uh, it's a hell of a read. It all makes sense in the end. It's all connected, as the Marvel folks say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So any final thoughts on the Avengers? Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like nitpicks aside, I mean, like I said, the action is great. The comedy is there. I feel like the comedy lands pretty damn consistently in this. And for its runtime, you know, a lot of these Marvel movies, I kind of go, oh, man, this is too long, too long. Uh, you know, it's slow in the beginning, but I think this I think this one is, is decent, you know, for, for its runtime. So it's a um, it's a satisfying first time ensemble film. And I'll tell you what, there are trend setting films in Hollywood that set the pace for blockbusters for years to come that are a lot worse than this. A lot, a lot worse have set off trends in Hollywood than this. So it's nice that there's a gargantuan <laughs> success in Hollywood that's actually like good and you know crafted well and and endearing in some ways, you know. So it's it, it's it's not my favorite. I have some pretty big problems with it, but it's it's far from a bad film. And so ends phase one. Yeah, you know it's it's it was a. An interesting thing to look back on in terms of the changes and, and what worked and what didn't work. And now it feels like this well-oiled, crisp machine that's just perfect. And they're churning stuff out and everything's hitting. But, you know, we're looking back on this first phase and this actor's gone and that actor's gone. And this movie didn't really work. And this one's kind of odd genre-wise. And, you know, they got all this weird and <laughs> this person produced this film and this studio did this. And, you know, it's it's... Kind of weird and all over the place, but but despite all the different things that that worked and didn't work, the, as a whole, I think it's pretty clear it it it, it clicked and it, uh, it tapped into something. And obviously, they were very very successful. And up next is Iron Man three as we move into Phase two. Yeah. So Phase two. How do I feel about Phase two? Like I, I think I've seen the least of Phase two. Seen Iron Man three once, and I barely remember a single thing that happened. And I remember really not liking it. Um, I ain't never bothered with Thor 2. So so uh, when you and I discuss that, we will be raw after my first viewing. I, I didn't um, mind Thor 2. It's okay. It's a Thor film. And we have and uh, Winter Soldier. 
Yeah, and that's that's the I mean that is that's one that again we talked about my cap issues before my rewatch. Uh, that's one that I, again I was years behind because I just didn't really click with the first one, and that took me a long time to get to. But I ended up loving it, and and uh, yeah, Phase Two, Phase Two is pretty damn interesting. Phase Two is also when, when you know start going slightly off the wall. You know your you know your guard wait no Guardians that's Phase Two right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you know you're you're getting into the more you know obscure you know stuff there, and then even I mean, sneaking this... in at the very end of Phase Two is Ant Man, which is yeah a strange film. Yeah, yeah, and I'll be interested to talk about that as well because strange film as a film, and also strange film in terms of like development history and stuff. It's uh, it, it's an interesting one, but yeah, lots of interesting stuff in Phase Two. I think it's a it, it's um a lot a lot of things to talk about there, and, and obviously then we have the second ensemble film, which. Uh, I've only watched once. I went to the theater, I saw it, and I was like, I'll never watch that film again so long as I live, probably. But here I am. So so I guess I'll watch it. I'll watch it again. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So before we go, plugs? Yeah, all the usual plugs, you know, at, at twitter.com slash thebarrylads, where you can find me tweeting about life and games and wrestling and movies and upcoming podcast appearances here and elsewhere. And at chairshoppodcast.com is the website for my weekly wrestling podcast, chatting about, you know, SmackDown and all the other wrestling things that maybe some of you don't care about. But uh, yeah, those are the places to find me, and, and uh, I'll be back here again, of course, in the very near future. Feel free to berate Barry for not watching Recess. Yeah, that's right. I've gotten it before. I can take it again. <laughs> Thanks, Barry. Thank you. that's the show thank you for listening before we go a few random notes arrival film in the cinemas right now go see it it's tremendous class the doctor who spinoff it's okay it's it, it it has growing pains which is ironic because it's about teenagers with hormones growing pains anyway nonetheless paper mario color splash lots of fun might talk about it in the future if you like games play it doom also lots of fun killing people is fun so there's there's random things i've been doing for the last like two weeks since i last podcasted it that i probably would have podcasted about but nonetheless we may do further podcasts about them in the future thank you for listening to the first episode of podcast a week you can listen to new episodes every single week on a thursday you can get episodes on soundcloud at soundcloud.com forward slash twskk also on youtube just search garrett kidney on youtube follow me on twitter at garrett kidney ga or ettkidney thanks for listening and bye bye